This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. You bet 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. All right, DJs, welcome back. It's an AT&T preview with a, with a recap of, uh, of Steve's amazing weekend. That's your boy, Boston Captain, with the God of Golf himself. Steve Shermer, Steve, what's up, buddy? You know, that was a, that was a statement win yesterday. Uh, to basically go on last week's show, complain about the outright market, and tell everybody that, uh, you know, you shouldn't bet long shots. And then kind of sweating for a little bit, uh, a long shot. And, uh, you know, up at the top of the leaderboard might be uh, putting me in my place, putting me in a closet, but... At the end of the day, the cream lies to the top, and I happen to have the guy on my uh, betting card, Max Homa, 28 to 1. Uh, he went down about 20 to 1 myself. I thought that was a pretty good price. We talked about that. Yep. Uh, pretty popular win, it seems like, around the community. But you know oh, yeah. what? It was a great price. We were looking for value, and uh, it came through. So very happy to be sitting here uh, today with uh, a little bit more money in my uh, my account. <laughs> That's right. We can go uh, betting on football today. Uh, oh, you froze. So. Did I freeze? You froze for a second. Oh, okay. I thought you were just stunned. Were you just stunned with my, you know, opening no, monologue? No, no, absolutely not. So, uh, so you, you get that money, so you can lay it down on uh, some NFL today. Yeah, I did actually a little bit. Maybe at the end we'll go over some props and stuff. I only have like player yeah. props for uh, Eagles Niners right now. I'm gonna wait yeah. and see how uh, those go before I start laying stuff on uh, Cincy Chiefs. But yeah, we'll talk about that again. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Max Hoba wins. Yep. Um, you know, it's you showed me a stat. About how he's what been in what was the stat like? He's been in the contention like ten times like, on a Sunday. He's won yeah, ten times, eight of them. Yeah, and he's never come in second, yeah. which is crazy. That's, that, that is, I mean, like he was nails down the stretch yeah. there. Uh, that cool. shot he hit on sixteen. Oh, the par three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. So, yeah. so he's this is actually the story I was gonna say for the podcast. So, I was a nervous wreck. Um, you know, sweating that down the back nine. Um, yeah, so my daughter though comes in. It's it was around six thirty. So she watches a couple episodes of Blues Clues before she goes to bed. She comes in. She's like, you know, Daddy, Daddy, you know, come watch Blues Clues with me. I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. I, I guess what this golf tournament. And then she's like, Oh, golf, golf. So she comes up. She wants to get picked up. And as soon as I pick her up, Homa hits that amazing shot. Um, you know, within fifteen feet. Yeah. Uh, Sam Ryder completely blows it off the planet yeah. on the par four. Um, and then Morikawa, who I bet at 18 to one on after, uh, Saturday, he made a long putt for birdie. Homa ends up draining the birdie. Uh, all of my daughter in my arms, by the way, we're yelling, we're chat, you know, chat, we're screaming, we're having a good time. Uh, and then Ryder makes that bogey. So, you know what? You can all thank my toddler daughter for getting the positive mojo. Yep. Of, uh, you know, getting that win. So, you know, what? I was a good dad too. I didn't just shoo her away. I've tried to bring her to the proceedings. So yeah, yeah. I felt like that was good karma. Yeah, definitely. Was. By the way, yeah, always, always, good, always good to involve the kids in it. Yep, exactly. So, so yeah. So uh, there was a, there was an interesting uh, question that came through Slack too about um or not not Slack Discord. You probably missed it. Um, people want to bet home uh, outright for the Masters. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I'd, I'd have to dig into it a little bit. What's he done there? Um, he hasn't done anything. Right. And that's kind of my that's kind of my point too. Is um, so I talk about this in the major preview. I talked about it when I watched Andy Lack's show. Yeah. Typically, guys, when they win their first one, has done something 
in a major. Like it doesn't have to be at the end. Like it could even be like a Gary Woodland situation, at the PGA in 2018, where he was 36 hole leader. Yeah. You're in the mix. You know what it's like to be in the fire of the crucible at that point. And maybe it doesn't go well for you at the end, but you're kind of in that mix. Palma has yet to do that. Yeah. So listen, I'm not, I think he's a good fit for Augusta. I mean, he's developed to a very good long iron player. He's a really good around the green too. He had a lot, really really, a lot of really good up and yeah. downs. Um, I can foresee him getting to like a, like first round leader, 36 hole lead, like hanging around on Saturday. Doesn't quite get it done. But if I see that, that's going to be a green light for me to bet him at the PGA. Um, I, I, yeah, I, so I, everybody's that, that's what, that's what Twitter's doing. Everybody's already jumped on all of them at like 50 to one. Oh, the uh, masters. The, no, no, no. At, um, okay. At the PGA. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally get it. That could be TPC Potomac 2.0. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just for me personally, I'd rather keep my options open, but uh, I can definitely see myself jumping on Homa uh, for Oak Hill. Yeah. Kids, kids a stud, man. He's definitely a fucking killer coming down there. He, like, I mean, we were texting all about, so, I mean, well, Saturday night, oh, no, I guess Friday night. That, that whole, that, that whole, this whole week screwed me up, man. Every day felt like a day ahead. It really messed me up. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 woke, I went to bed on uh, Thursday thinking that, oh, great, it's going to be Saturday. I'm like, oh, shit, I can go to bed. I got yeah. to work on tomorrow morning. Exactly. So, how's, that, how's my video stream, by the way? I see the notification that uh, my bandwidth is low. Am I, am, yeah, am I look okay? You're little, yeah, you're a little fuzzy every once in a while. It's fine. Okay. That's not awesome. Yeah. So it's probably because my wife is watching Netflix right now. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me let me close a couple of uh, stuff. If I if I get bad, I'll hop out. And I'll hop back on. Okay, that's fine. Okay. The um, but yeah, I was texting on. I guess it was Thursday night or Friday night. Friday during the day. Like, hey, when is when does Ryder lose this today or tomorrow? Right? Like we like. And he looked like he looked like he had some steely reserve there on the front nine, man. Uh, I mean, playing with Rom and and Finau, uh, but. I mean, we we know the story, right? We know how it ends. Like, you know, he's going to blow it at some point. And yeah, as soon as he made that one bogey, I was like, "Yep, let's go." Like, here we go. Yeah, like, Keegan looked fucking amazing, by the way. Let's let's uh let's not bury let's not bury Keegan. Like, he, he made some fucking clutch pots coming down. He almost fucking made that long ass putt on eighteen too. He is he is he looks like a different Keegan. Like, I can't uh, yeah. Like, he's going to be on my betting card a lot. I mean, he looks different because he lost all the weight. So <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, obviously. I mean, Yes. Uh, but he's actually making putts again. Yeah, it's insane. That's good. Um, listen, you're calling your shot. He's going to win, what, one or two more times cool. this year? Uh, two times this year. I got a feeling we're probably all going to bet him at the Valspar again if he's there. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, do you think he's going to make another run at the players? He uh, did that last what about year. Wells? Yeah, what about Wells Fargo? I feel like he's a fit there, too. At Quail Hollow? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. So, yeah, or even Oak Hill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. possibly. You know, being a two-time PGA imagine, imagine Keegan being a two-time two-time. I was just about to say, how crazy would that be? You know, I mean, like we, you know, we get an example. Martin Keimer's a two-time major champion. You know, yeah. so that would be kind of a little bit of a similar vein. I, I think Keimer had slightly better career than Keegan had. Yeah, Keimer um, was on fire for like fucking for two years. Well, yeah, Keimer fought, caught fire, and then he kind of went a little bit down. And then that 2014 year, he won the players and he won the U.S. Open by. Yeah. Billion, billion yeah. at, at uh, Pinehurst. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Other than that, though, uh, you know, nailed the outright. That was pretty good. Uh, it's kind of funny going all the way back to last fall when I nailed the outright. Usually, the rest of my card is kind of junk. This was it was kind of a junky card. Uh, a lot of triggering things happened on uh, Thursday. Uh, Hayden Buckley, uh, thanks for going up uh, shooting to eighty when I had it for a top forty. Uh, Patrick Rogers, same thing with you. Um, and then uh, let's see. Oh, Kevin, you. 
Uh, you were solidly inside the top 40 and you shot like a 77 today. That was not awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise though, can't complain. How about you? How was the rest of your betting card? I mean, uh, whatever. Like you got, you know, I shadow bet Homa. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm done with placements. Like I'm just done with them. I'm Can I talk you off the ledge? No. <laughs> I, I, I need to talk you off the ledge on this because I, I think you're jumping off one week too early. Okay. So, okay. so, so just look at this, the top of the leaderboard, right? So Homa wins. Keegan, Morikawa, Sahith, Sungjae, Sam Ryder is your top five. Yeah. Jason Day, Rom, Matsuyama, Finau is your top ten. So right there, you got like ten guys right off the odds board. Their top twenty prices are junk. Yeah, exactly. And you're not betting that, okay? And then the rest of the top twenty, the top twenty. Yeah, you, know, you got Taylor Moore, Ricky, Eric Barnes. You're not betting. Jimmy Walker. You're not betting. Sam Stevens. You're not betting. Bramlett maybe. They have Rose in there, Xander. So a lot of spots were taken up by guys either you just no shot of betting, right. or more premium guys at bad prices. Yeah. Well, I think I, you're jump. I think you're jumping off one week too early because Pebble's gonna be a little more wide open. You're gonna get a little better prices. I think for your top twenties, right, uh, there's gonna be a really bad field. I I would go one more week with it. My ROI is just so much better on the matchups. Like I do better at matchups. Like I added what I added Justin Rose like right before the tournament. Right that one. That was my only fucking placement that hit. Okay. Well, I, it's just frustrating to fucking to ha- like and whatever. Like, like the one that really pissed me off was Bullsey, obviously, because that's the one I laid uh, heavy on, right? Because I was like, oh, he should, he should at least top twenty in this garbage field, and he proceeds to fucking shit down his leg on on Thursday. Which is super yeah, you you said you were going to put him in the boat. Do you want to give a little spiel on that? No, like my my anger's gone at this point. Okay, but like whatever. Like he's he just that putting stroke. Like I get like whatever swing you're swinging. Everybody has their own thing. Like. I don't. I don't know how the fuck that's sustainable. It's so terrifying to watch. When you have it's it. it's it's loop de loop. Like I think on a eighteen inch putt, he hit it off the toe, and it went yeah. in. It's a, that's what he hits, he hits them all off the toe. Like it's yeah. a, he's doing it on purpose. Like it's like it's like when I'm it's like when I'm hitting it uh, too far right, and I just I just start aiming way left on the box. Like I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just going where the ball's going. Yeah. Like I, I hate that. Fuck that shit. I mean, you look at his putting shirt from like 10, 15 feet. It's not that. It it, it yeah. is up close. He is like holding on, white knuckling it. To yeah, that. it's insane. And then it's just like just willing it in at that point, which I don't know. I mean, that is pretty nervy for you know coming down the stretch of a major championship. You got those three footers, two footers. Yeah, yeah. So all right. Um, well, so I mean, I know we. Oh, well, yeah. Look, look, you want to jump into Pebble? We'll do the ad read and then we'll yep. jump into uh, yeah, why don't we take a quick break and then uh, we'll jump right in the pebble. We're going to make it pretty abbreviated. There's football on. You got to go somewhere. So yeah. we'll make this quick. Yeah. All right. So this is WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. WinBet has, is active in a bunch of states. And there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now. WinBet, ready to play. Sign up today to receive an offer. You bet 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks. It's limited state availability. And of course, if you hit that biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 in free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know we sent you. That's sportsgamingpodcast.com. Slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Operators subject to change terms and conditions over at winbet.com. Must be 21 or over in present the state where play through winbet is available. If you were somebody who knows a gaming problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Did you did you want to add anything else? I see. I, I, I'm always trying to cut you out. Did you want to add? Yeah, I want to add one more thing. So oh, this that. is this is kind of a postscript to my little spiel about long shots. I'm actually going to be doing a uh, a research project that's probably going to come out in Zurich. I'm looking back since 20, 2008 
how often long shots hit. And I'm I'm saying a long shot 75 to one because, you know, books are different. Right. There's a chance somebody gets steamed up. Uh, I'm using Jeff Sherman's uh, website. He has a full archive. Um, so uh, over the last 29 tournaments, though, basically since um, the PGA Championship last year, only yeah. three guys over 75 to one have won a tournament on the PGA Championship. Uh, yeah, I can think. I can think of one spawn. Who were the other two? No, spawn was before the PGA. Oh, okay. So I'm talking about since live split. Okay. Uh, it is uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Sanderson, Adam Svensson at RSM, and Trey Mullinax at the Barbasol, which is an opposite field event. Yeah, I don't think we covered that one. No, it isn't. So uh, this is just we're going to keep going and going with this. Well, what do you think about this? I mean, so I mean, transitions to the pebble. Like, I mean. Fucking 75, 85% of the field is long shots. You know what I mean? Like the numbers are going to be garbage, but really like this field is horrific. Well, that's my, well, that's my point is right. a lot of guys who should be long shots are now seeing their odds pushed up. Right. I know. So they're not really long shots anymore. That's true. Is, is my point. So, um, I mean, this is a good limit test for it. Like I said, though, yeah. if I miss out this week, I miss out this week. I'm going to keep focusing yeah. on the range that yeah. has been hitting more often. Cause to me, <laughs> Hitting outrights is a numbers game. I just want to have the most opportunities to have guys in the mix, and it's just going to fall my way sometimes. Yeah. So, and that's just what's been happening since basically last May. And I'm just going to keep doing it until I see otherwise. Yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about Pebble Beach, uh, ATT Pro Beach Pro Am. I have my article out. It's got the videos of all three courses, you know, some description about what some things I like about them, some things I don't. Um, we're just going to jump right into betting strategies, though, because Capri, you have to leave. Uh, there's football on. Uh, we want to enjoy our Sunday. So, yes. Um, so let's start with, and, and Capper, uh, feel free to chime in and cut me off uh, if you have a question. Okay. Got this. Yep. All right. Pebble Beach Pro Am uh, is three courses. You got Pebble Beach, uh, which everybody knows about. Uh, you have everybody's going to play it at least once over the first three days, and then everybody's going to play on Sunday. Uh, you got Spyglass Hill. Uh, which is a Robert Trent Jones design, uh, has a pretty good opening stretch of holes, and then it goes up into inland through the woods. Not quite as strong of a golf course. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit of what works there. That, what works at Spyglass is a little different than what works at Pebble and Monterey Peninsula. On the Monterey Peninsula, uh, Mike Strantz redesign. Uh, that's a very good golf course uh, right by the ocean. Very pretty. Uh, all these golf courses are very short. Pebble Beach uh, is going to play 6,960 yards. Spyglass is a little longer at 7,041 yards. Monterey Peninsula, 6,957 yards. Uh, these are the uh, uh, some of the shortest collection of golf courses on the PGA Tour, at least like composition-wise. Uh, the par fours and fives of Pebble Beach. Uh, unfortunately, there's no shot link data at Spyglass and Monterey. So just like the Amex, you're going to be having to deal with just stats for Pebble. So fun. Yep, I know. But Pebble Beach alone, uh, their par fours and fives collectively average about 443 yards in length. That is the third shortest length of all golf courses in at least five turns played since 2015 on the PGA Tour. Considering the short yardages of Spyglass and the fact that you can hit driver a lot more than some of those other places, Monterey Peninsula is under 7,000 yards. You can assume the same thing. A lot of really short holes this week. Um, Possibly there might be, the golf course might be a little lengthened just because it's received about 20 inches of rain since January 1st. Because of uh, what the atmospheric flood, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, did the hole get fucked up? Did the hole get like destroyed? Was that? Here? Uh, that was in Monterey Peninsula, Monterey. and that might have been the other course. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, if that was a couple of weeks ago, by then it should be fine. Uh, but yeah, like the, there was a giant wave that just came in and washed over. I think a couple bunkers and onto a green that um, yeah. 
the dunes course, I think. But still, regardless, I mean, it's right by the ocean. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some damage there. Um, all three golf courses feature the same exact grass type. They all feature ryegrass and pebble mixed turf and fairways and rough. Poana Greens, the uh, rough is not as thick as what it is as the U.S. Open. Usually the U.S. Open grows up about three and a half, four inches. Uh, this is going to be like two, two and a half. So there isn't much of a penalty of hitting it into the rough. When you got two inch, two and a half inch ryegrass, the ball can set up a little bit. It's one of the least pinned golf courses to hit into the rough on the PGA Tour. Uh, the green size, let's talk about that. So Pebbles has the smallest greens on the PGA Tour. They average about 3,500 square feet. And the reason for that is, you know, because it is a destination golf course, they can't really, you know, take time to shut the course down, do some maintenance to it. And yeah. with mowing patterns over the years, it shrinks the, get the you know, the green just over time. And also, you know, sand builds up on the edges, uh, you know, creates little ridges around everything. Uh, so it shrinks the green over time, basically. Uh, Spyglass Hill is a little larger. It's about 5,000 square feet, uh, which is still small for PGA Tour standards. Monterey Peninsula is, is the biggest of the bunch. It's 6,000 square feet. That might be the reason why it's the easiest of the three golf courses uh, historically, because it has a little bigger greens and it's still a short golf course. So uh, collectively, over 72 holes, the average green size is 4,500 square feet. Small targets. You'll be hearing a lot of that this week. Yeah. Uh, the only... Uh, like I've been talking about this, you know, there's been subtle changes to East Golf Course over the last couple of weeks. The only real changes this year was Spyglass and Monterey Peninsula had some uh, cosmetic alterations done. Uh, it's not material, it's not important. Basically, what they did was they took areas that aren't in play for professionals. I mean, it might be in play for you and me, but basically, between like the T and the beginning of the fairway, they took out a lot of like grass. They basically made it a little more natural looking. It's just for maintenance purposes. Uh, on Monterey Peninsula, they uh, expanded a couple waste bunkers. Uh, they also replaced a fairway bunker on number two. It was placed with a tree and a couple of mounts. These are not going to change how the golf course plays. It's just an interesting note that uh, basically entertains guys like me and Andy Lack. When they say <laughs> um, so let's talk about scoring. So uh, Pella Beach is usually, like most years, it's you know fairly difficult. Um, but the last two years, because of soft conditions, uh, not a lot of wind and just guys hit it a lot longer nowadays where they have a lot shorter approach shots and these, they're just better with their wedges in general. Uh, these guys have tore up Pebble Beach. Uh, 2021, the COVID year, uh, the average score of Pebble Beach was mice, uh, basically a stroke under par per round. Last year's a stroke and a half under par. So the only true defense of Pebble is if there's wind. Um, otherwise, guys are going to go low because uh, as I'll talk about a little bit, a lot of really short approach shots at Pebble Beach. Uh, this, two of the par fives are very gettable. Now, looking at the weather forecast this week, um, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of wind, at least the first three days. Might be a little bit of wind on Sunday, but as far as, you know, you're worried about a guy who's going to get boned, uh, you know, with the wind splits, doesn't really look like that's the case. Um, if there is wind uh, during the first three days, playing in windy conditions at Pebble usually is you're worse off doing that. Uh, you actually, yeah. if it's windy, probably want to play spyglass because it's a little more protected. There's more trees. Um, not as much can go wrong there as it can at like a pebble when the wind is blowing. Right. So um, that's something to look. But in general, though, there's no wind for showdown purposes. Pebble, Monterey, definitely you want to play those guys. Spyglass, probably shade away. Although spyglass still, the scoring there is, um, it's not quite as difficult as it used to be. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So um, as far as approach shot standards, um, actually, let's it's talk one, about the fairway. It's like 125 and eight, right? Well, yeah, I'll get to the proximity. I'm talking about like, a, actually, let me talk about dry off the tee first. Sure. Um, 
So Pebble Beach, the driving accident rates at Pebble Beach are about 74%. There's a couple of reasons why. First, about 40-yard wide fairways, very generous landing zones. Uh, the fairways are going to be really soft. Uh, so if the ball just hits short grass, it's probably going to stay. It's not going to roll into the rough. And there are a lot of holes, too, where you can take less than driver, either because it's more of a positional hole, the whole bottlenecks, or the fairways kind of run out kind of short ways. Um, guys are hitting from the fairway a lot at Pebble Beach, and that kind of explains why scoring is usually pretty good there. Um, but the green regulation rate is only 65%. It's because of Pebble Beach, really small greens. Um, last couple of years, though, the green regulation rate has improved a lot. It's been close to 70% clip. That's helped explain why scoring is down. Guys are just, for whatever reason, having more success hitting into these greens the last two years than it was the prior couple of years. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind, too. Uh, but it just seems like because of how much rain this tournament has gotten, the greens are going to be really soft. I expect this to be kind of target practice uh, once again, especially if there's no wind. Um, let's talk about around the green. So Pebble Beach features the easiest around the green conditions, uh, or the fifth easiest around the green conditions on the PGA Tour. Um, and of all the active PGA Tour courses, it's the eighth easiest. And there's a couple of reasons for this too. So for starters, there's a lot of thick rough right off of the green. So the ball's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to run into a collection area and the greens are really small. So it's not a really short distance for you to try to get back on the green. Whereas like you get to maybe a bigger green with bigger undulations, you know, that can be a little trickier to try and get up and down. Um, and also the greens are going to run pretty slow. So once you chip back onto the green, uh, it's not going to roll out a really long ways unless you catch, you know, the wrong side of a slope. Um, so getting up and down from, or just scrambling in general, is a fairly easy task at Pebble. Now, putting, though, mm -hmm. kind of like last week at Torrey Pines, very tough. It is the second toughest uh, golf course to putt from under five feet and from between five and 15 feet. And the thing that is similar to Torrey Pines is the Poana. So just like last week, targeted guys who are pretty comfortable putting on the surface. Um, you know, like I, I know Kevin Kisner is in this field this week. I don't think he has much success putting on West Coast Poa. His career, even though he's a very good putter, yeah. that might be somebody to maybe fade. Uh, or just guys in general who maybe are a little more, you know, they just focus on Bermuda. They don't do with uh, well this stuff. Uh, that's something to keep in mind uh, as far as looking at, um, you know, guys are going to do pretty well here. So uh, you got any questions before I get into like skill sets and everything like nope. that? Okay. All right. We'll just keep rolling. So I thought uh, Kizzen was in this field. Yeah. He actually, I, I, I looked at the field last night and he's yeah. in. So yeah, this yeah, is actually this is the first time he's played this year. Actually, it's a couple times, a uh, couple of guys who the first time they played. Um, yeah. Did so Fitzpatrick? He didn't play over in the Middle East. Yeah, so, I just I just look because the Seamus played in Dubai. Yep, Seamus been in the Middle East. Uh, yeah. Fitzpatrick hasn't played since the century. Uh, Hovland hasn't played since the century. Yeah. So they're coming in a little more rust. Uh, Spieth hasn't played since Sony. So maybe this yeah. is an, uh, a tournament where guys been playing a little more recently that are going to be like 25 to like 60 to one. That might be where I'm betting this week because I, I generally don't like playing guys who haven't at least teed it up in a, in a competitive tournament in like two weeks. Yeah. So that's probably Seamus might be a good play. Um, all right. So skill set sharp. Um, so Pebble Beach, uh, a negative correlation in terms of driving distance. Uh, and success at Pebble Beach because driving distance can be neutralized at Pebble Beach. Short yardages, some of the holes are uh, less than driver. Um, iron play, there's a positive correlation, same thing with putting. Um, you know, all right. So 
Spygot's Hill. That actually is a golf course where guys who are longer kind of have a little bit of an advantage, and it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, Spyglass, the holes, especially once you get inland, are much more out in front of you and linear, where basically the only thing you have to worry about is uh, there's a fairway bunker, um, but you just you can carry that. You kind of just wail away. Uh, and mm-hmm. second of all, uh, once you get past the fairway bunkers, like anybody who can carry it like 290, 300 off the box, the fairway widens significantly. So at about 250 to 270 yards, the fairways is about 27 yards wide. But once you get about 290, 300, it expands to 32 yards. Now, 15 yards or five yards is like a big difference, but like for, you know, that, for elite players like this, like 15 feet of extra room is significant. So guys who can hit it out pretty far at Spyglass tend to have a pretty good advantage. And then obviously if you're a good iron player, a good putter there, we'll just talk about the POA, those generally have positive correlations. And then Monterey Peninsula, that's pretty similar skill set chart to Pebble Beach. Uh, pretty much off the tee does not matter there. Really wide fairways, and it's kind of short yard just to um, guys of all walks of life off the tee can do well there. But you got to be good, really, really good iron players, really well at Monterey, really good putters, pretty good scramblers too. So I actually put, uh, I summarized all of this in my article this week, um, each skill set chart, all five of them, as far as like negatives and positive and neutrals. So distance, uh, less importance on distance this week. Almost no predictability with guys who are accurate and inaccurate uh, at this tournament at all. Uh, At all three golf courses, there's a negative correlation or just no correlation in general with how accurate you are off the tee and your success here. Uh, High correlation of approach game. All of them, all three golf courses had positive correlation with that. Around the green, it's a little important uh, just because it's positive correlation at Monterey and Spyglass, uh, net neutral at Pebble, uh, and putting. All four again. They're all four. They're uh, they're all public uh, greens. All of them have positive correlation being a good putter. So really, it comes down to approach play and putting. That's the biggest things to look at this week. Maybe a little bit around the greening, particularly like the skill set that tends to do well at some of these shorter tournaments tend to be good scramblers too. I'm not necessarily saying like that's going to determine how well you do, but it's just the profile fit. Yep. Those are going to be the areas I look at. Like last week, I was really just looking at long iron play and off the tee. Now it's iron play putting. That stuff. So, uh, and then lastly, these approach shot distribution charts. So the only one we have is at Pebble Beach. Um, so there's a higher than average amount of approach shots between 75 and 125, and a higher amount between 200 and 250. Those are mostly the par fives and a couple of the par threes. Uh, not a lot of approach shots between 150 and 200. Uh, about PG2 average from 125 to 150, but that's only two rounds. Yeah. So I actually last year I went through Google Earth. I estimated Spyglass and Monterey Peninsula. Um, about what, how long those approach shots were going to be. I put that the data in my article. So it's in summary, though, uh, less than 150 yards, uh, about 47% of all your shots are going to be from less than 150. Between 150 and 200, you got about 24% of your shots. And then over 200 yards, you got 29% of your shots. So uh, looking at Pebbles' um, distribution between 150, between like, you know, 150 and 175, if I assume that's the same at the other three golf courses, if I look at everything under 175 this week, um, that's going to be about 63% of coverage. And then I can probably just look at, I don't know, par three scoring or uh, par five scoring to cover the stuff over 200. Um, that's the proximity and scoring range I'm looking at this week is under 175. It's it's a lot of short irons. Uh, typically, the profile of guys do well at Pebble, tend to hit their short irons really good. Uh, that's what I'm going to be looking at this week. Yeah, I think... It, 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 did the same thing last year and 
I mean, it, it's pretty predictable as far as <laughs> who was going to do well, uh, other than a couple of randos in like the top 10. Right. Um, okay. Man. All right. You want, try and guess, you want to try and guess the odds? That's what I was literally just, I was like, man, I would make a, what do you think? The speed's going to be what, five to one? No, I don't think so. Ten. Uh, so, so, so you got three big fish to that. You got Hovland, Fitzpatrick, Spieth. I think Hovland's going to go off at eight to one. Okay. Because I think people know that his success at Pebble, either yeah. the USAM win or his T12 is an amateur there. I think Fitzpatrick's going to be 10 to one. I think Spieth's going to be like 12 to one. Or ten, or maybe ten to one, ten to one, and then probably a big drop off after that. Like who else is in this field even? Like Seamus, okay. um, yeah. probably. I'm gonna guess eighteen, sixteen or eighteen. Yeah. Mav McNeely probably oh, yeah. twenty. Yeah. Um, Taylor Montgomery's no longer in this field, so we don't have to worry about him. Yeah. God, this field stinks. This <laughs> field's fucking terrible. Man. Uh, oh, Tom Hoagie, he's probably gonna be like oh, yeah, twenty. Okay, 20 to 1 because he won last year. Won last he could repeat. Yeah. Um, and then you're probably going to have like. What? Who? Let's look through the list here. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I don't even know who the hell's in the. Tw- I don't know who's in the 20s in this. Uh, probably Joel Damon might be like 60 Damon, to 1. Dietrich. Dietrich might be 50 to 1. Um, huh. <laughs> this is well. This, this, is, this is rough. Um, what did Lanto end up doing last week? He made the cut, right? Lanto was in the mix, and he kind of faded yeah. a little bit. Uh, Kucher's probably going to be, I guess, fifty to one is my guess. Gross. Justin Rose is probably going to be like thirty-five to one. Yeah, actually, yeah. no, Rose is probably going to be like twenty-five to one. He had a good yeah. Yeah, he's going to be, I think, a pop. Russell, Russell Knox. Uh, he's probably like, forty. He'll probably be like no. I don't think Knox. Would be oh, Keith 40. Mitchell. Keith Mitchell. Yeah, Keith Mitchell will be like points. thirty-five to one. Uh, Pendrith will probably be like 50 to 1 because his yeah. odds just aren't moving. Andrew Putnam, he'll be like 30 to 1. Yeah, so like Cross. it's a tough scene for outrights again. So yeah. I'm probably, I, I don't think I'm going to bet anybody. I don't think I'm going to bet Hovland, Fitzpatrick, Spieth. If they have winning, they have winning. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to try and bet between like 20 and 90. Yeah. And then if like, I don't know. Doc Redman wins at 150. <laughs> I don't really miss. care. If yeah, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna miss that one. <laughs> yeah. If Taylor Moore wins at like 100 to one, I'm probably not gonna care. So yeah, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I think. I mean, I texted you what the other day. I was like, all right, I'm betting Sheamus, and now what? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, like what the hell? Or you could do what we talked about last night, yeah, and uh, just single bullet Hobland. Yeah, I just don't like the fact he hasn't played in a while. He hasn't. But the, but there's the narrative that you missed out on Fitzpatrick winning the US Am and then winning there <laughs> at Brookline, and now Hobland won the US Am at Pebble, and this would be his first win on US soil. How great would that be? Oh my God! If it happens again, I don't know what to do. I don't no. know what I'll do. <laughs> no, that might be the end of the show. No, it's just not taking worse losses. The um, yeah, man. I so like I don't know, dude. Pebble sucks. Like, and, and it's the nine-hour rounds. The fucking Bill, two hours of Bill Murray. Yeah, <sighs> it, it, this is not a good viewing experience. Which is listen, like this, the the PGA Tour could own this weekend. I know they're so stupid. There's nothing going on, 
And this is the crap tournament they have on, which listen, it's going to get views from the baby boomers. Cause they love seeing Bill Murray. Yeah. They love seeing Larry, the cable guy. Like, they don't care about really what's going on with the PGA tour event. They just want to see the celebrities. And you're going to get, especially if like Fitzpatrick, Hovlin, and speed like don't do well. Oh, you are going to get so much celebrity shots. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, I like I heard I texted you last night. Nate Bargatze, like I don't know if you know who he is. He's fucking hilarious. He cracks me up, uh, and uh, he he loves golf. And so I'm, hopefully they can hopefully they'll interview him at least uh, okay. some one of the celebrity ones because uh, some of these guys are fucking stiffs. Like they can't even get good celebrities out here. Fucking, I don't even know who half these people are. <laughs> I mean, Josh Allen's gonna play. Foster Posey, yeah, I'm sure that makes all you Buffalo fans. You know, yeah, look, like, I mean, so, so Josh Allen might play good, but it's going to be cold, and unfortunately, Pebble doesn't want to spend the money to put a dome over the course, so I don't think he's going to be that great. It's awesome. Nice draw. Sorry, I had to get that in. Well done. Well done. A lot, a lot of chatter in Western New York about how um, the taxpayers probably should pony up for uh, a roof, which Unbelievable. I'm, not, I'm not in favor of that because no. I'm not a Bills fan. I live in Rochester, New York. My taxes are already too high. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I am so against fucking taxpayers paying for any fucking sports team stadium. It's fucking ridiculous. Maybe, maybe revamp your team that uh, isn't the 2000 uh, St. Louis Rams. Okay. okay exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Christ, what a joke. All right, what do you got for football today? Who do you like? Uh, so so I, I, I think we agree. I, I think the Eagles are going to mm-hmm. roll today. Yep. Uh, I, listen, I have a lot of intimate knowledge being at that stadium, going to games. And I just don't see a young quarterback coming through there. Um, yeah. Listen, I, and I mean, I think you and I have kind of shared this view. I, th- I think Kyle Shannon is kind of overrated. Yeah, he's way overrated. Yeah, and 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 the Niners haven't really been like they've been beating up a lot of crap teams. And this has yeah. got to be like the best team they played in a while, yeah. and they didn't even look yeah. all that great against Dallas. So Dallas, Dallas, Dallas gets a ton of pressure, and they were able to slow that offense down. And, and Philly's fucking got animals on the defensive line, so they could be able to get pressure too. So yeah, and I, I think Philly's receivers are going to have a really good game. I, I got a couple. Um, uh, so I, I went through and looked at uh, how the Niners have been against receivers. Uh, a lot of really big physical receivers have had a lot of success against them. Uh, CD Lamb also he's kind of like a good combination of like quickness and speed, and like yeah. you got Devontae Smith who's pretty quick. Uh, you know, they like throwing little bubble screens in or just send them out deep. Uh, AJ Brown's going to work over the middle, kind of like a DK Metcalf type. They've had trouble with him uh, this year. I, I think the Niners or uh, the Eagles receivers are going to do pretty good. Um, I also like the long field goal. I, did, I don't think I told you this. Or no, maybe I did tell you this last night. 46 and a half? Yeah, so 46 and a half. It's going to be a south-southwest wind. Uh, that means the north end of the, the stadium is going to have a tailwind. Uh, so you're going to have two competent kickers too. And Robbie gold and Jake Elliott, both of them are pretty good from long range. I am a little concerned that Nick Sirianni, it seems like I looked at, uh, Jake Elliott's stats. He's only attempted two field goals between 40 and 50 yards this year. Seems like Syria- for it so much. Yeah, that's the thing. But I just like the conditions of the weather, uh, to allow for yeah. a longer field goal. And of course the golf guy gravitates towards a prop that sticks from weather and turf conditions. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so. on brand, baby, on brand. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I don't know what to do with the KC since the game. I don't know either. I I'm worried that um, Casey's been hearing all week about how the Bengals own them. Yeah, and I'm worried that the Bengals already used up the chip on their shoulder mojo. It's gone. Maybe, maybe. So we'll see. I mean, I, I on paper I like Cincinnati a lot better, but yeah, too, it's but football, I'm, and yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do on that one. I don't I don't. 
I've got to bet it because it's fucking, you know what I mean? But maybe I'll, maybe I'll dig a little deeper into props. Well, props are so fucking juiced up. And the first TV Mac is garbage now. Like, anytime touchdown, it's garbage. Like, oh, yeah. uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I think the Bruins play at six, too. And that's a huge. Uh, don't, bet on, huge... don't bet on hockey today. You already lost enough. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. All right. <sighs> Sorry. Um, all right. Well, tomorrow night, we got uh, Ryan Barrett. On uh, to help break down the DFS card. Uh, he's already touting Jimmy Walker, so uh, this should be interesting. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he, he loves fucking trash players. Like we we already talked about his love for Woodland. He said he wouldn't do it anymore, and of course he was on him again this week. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to hear what uh, Baroff is uh, going to be able to dumpster dive through some of these uh, dirt bags at the bottom, and hopefully uh, come up with some gems. But other than that, happy fucking conference championship day. Uh, we'll see you boys tomorrow night. Let's go.